Welcome to Beyond the Label, a raw, real-life look at living with disabilities, presented by Century Martial Arts, the world leader in martial arts since 1976. CenturyMartialArts.com for everything that is martial arts. And now your host, Mike D. and JD. Welcome to Beyond the Label. I'm Mike D. And I'm JD. So we aren't quite sure what the topic of the show is going to be today, so we're going to figure it out as we go. Whatever... You ask me, I'll answer. It's That's what it is. I think I know the perfect topic for today's show, then. It's a hot-button item right now. Um, I'm a frequent traveler, as many of our listeners probably don't know. I'm usually on the road five, six, seven, ten weeks. I don't know. I'm always on the road. And part of the challenge that I'm having is I see a lot of these people with... <sighs> they have service dogs. Okay? And I don't have a problem with service dogs. I know where you're going with this. I don't think this many people need service dogs. Oh, I thought you were going with this service chicken. Oh, well, okay. I was, that was going to be the second half (laughs) or the service peacock. What I'm talking about is I go into a restaurant. I go into, um, my fitness center. I go into another building, um, or a, a place of work where pets aren't normally allowed. Okay. And now I'm starting to see these, vests that you can buy online for your dog that's a service dog on them but how many of these people actually have prescribed service animals or have service animals is this something that you've like ventured into and it's really not a topic that i know too much about i i do have a fellow martial artist she has a service dog and it is uh very handy for her uh she's in a wheelchair and so the dog does uh numerous things uh you know to reach for her to grab doors and things like that so let's talk about that let's talk about the purpose of a surface service animal and how a service animal is supposed to help for both physical disabilities and emotional disabilities and let's figure out because i've even been parts of conversations where somebody wanted to bring their dog to a hotel and they're like oh i'll just buy one of those vests online and i'm screaming no you can't do that because it i mean think about it do you think it would diminish i mean it must diminish the value or the capability for people to do that right well i i think not only does it diminish it but That just makes my blood boil, like, sitting here even thinking that somebody would do that. Because I'll tell you what, if you were in the situation where you needed that, there's no way that you would ever pretend you need it if you don't. So let's let's look at it from this standpoint, right? I don't think I'd ever pretend I needed crutches. I would never pick up your crutches and start walking around with them so I could get into a restaurant with your crutches. No, but that's been done before. Really? This guy has done this numerous times to get into sporting events and different things to get premium seating, and um, he actually has no problem. Really? With it. So this is so 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 we're formulating the topic of the show today. Let's talk about the advantages to help aid in accessibility. Let's start with that. And then we'll work our way back to people abusing the system and then figure out how we can try to solve some of these problems. Right? Sure. Okay. So let's talk about some of the basics. Handicap parking spaces. So I'll give you an example from my personal life and then you talk to me about yours, right? Because sure. I know you have, with that particular issue, something that you've gone through and then we can talk about that. Recently, I was in Boston and I don't know if you know anything about Boston. Um, the, best, the best team in baseball plays there? I'd- the one of the best hockey teams if you're talking to me but not much of a hockey fan but well that's your loss so there's nowhere to park in that city check this out we're there for this christening 
And my uncle, who is disabled, he's an elderly gentleman at this point, has a hard time getting around. He has tinnitus in his ears, but really it's mobility for him. Um, my dad took the, the handicap placard, the window placard or whatever, hung it in his car and was able to park close to the church and then close to the restaurant where we were going because of that. So an appropriate use of the system because my uncle, he was driving my uncle around, right? But there have been plenty of times where we've seen that abuse. Talk to me about how, how difficult the process it was parking where you used to work. Okay, so let me back up just a little bit. So Handicap Placard says that you can park in a designated space as long as you have an individual with a disability in the vehicle. They don't necessarily have to be driving, and the space does not necessarily have to have the symbol for handicapped parking. So if you're if there's a metered space available, you can swing into that metered space as long as the handicapped space is full. Okay, and if, if you have the handicapped placard and you park in the metered space, do you have to pay for that parking? No. And that is where? Is that in this city? Is that federally? Is that everywhere? Uh, that's Vermont state law. Okay, so it's pretty universal throughout the state. Right. Other states may have some variant of that, but the concept is... If you have a placard, whether there's a handicap space or not, you can choose the spot closest to the door you need to go in, and you should get some sort of recognition for that, whether it's free parking or whatever it is. Right? Yes, that's correct. Providing the handicap spot is full. Okay, so the handicap spot's not full. That's your spot. That's right. your go-to. Right. All right. So now, I remember there was a challenging period with parking at work. Yeah, the the whole the whole situation actually was was pretty challenging um, because a spaces downtown are limited and then B handicapped spaces downtown are few and far between and C once I got inside the building, the building was considered grandfathered. So um, although it passed what is called acceptable accessibility measures, it was not truly <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah it was not truly. you've never seen more stairs in one building than in this building but right? it was but it was handicap accessible because there was an elevator because there was an elevator but you didn't work on a floor that the elevator got to right so this is a balcony you gotta imagine an old theater and this is a balcony but the balcony was really on the third and a half floor so it was between the third and fourth floors and the elevator didn't go to the third and half floor and there was no point of access so if you were in a wheelchair it would have been even more difficult correct Somebody would have to carry you up the stairs. Right. In, in a situation where accessibility is available, like a parking spot, there are challenges of people using that parking spot inappropriately. In situations where accessibility should be available, sometimes we don't have that because of the laws surrounding it. So regardless of all these great things that are put in place, like free parking because your handicap spot is taken, or um, a grandfathered rule so the business doesn't have to overly invest in accessibility, at the same time can be a detriment to the people working there as well. I guess probably the best way to explain this is give you what my day-to-day -day routine was. So my day-to-day -day routine would be to drive into work with my wife. We both were fortunate enough to work at the same uh, place. Well, be honest. You got her the job there with your charming uh, abilities, right? I mean, that's it. That's I am it. a pretty charming fellow, by the way. Just please. She really just needs a job. And then the next thing you know, they hired her. No, right. That's kind of how Katie's very talented. We won't. We won't um, anyway, <laughs> she would, she would drive 
oftentimes the handicap space would be taken. So that would mean that we would need to drive around the building. Uh, there was another handicap space out in the back, which was a back entrance. But if you went in the back entrance, it still meant that you needed to walk a fair amount to get to the elevator, which led to the stairs that you had to walk up. If those spaces were both taken, it was a matter of driving around and around and around the block until a space opened up. And, and that's because, again, you know, for most people like myself, it's like, oh, I'll just go find another space somewhere else. But for you, that's that's an additional long walk. I right. Mean, well, you can find a space down the street, but that's a 20 minute walk at this point. Right. It's it's actually less time for you to drive around the block for 10 minutes waiting for a space to open up than it would be to park down the street and try to hoof it. Right. You know, and the thing is, is that so this so then say the space opens up. Right. So then we get out of the car and, uh, you know, she has to get my my crutches out. Or if you're in a wheelchair, you've got to get the wheelchair out. That's uh, to get a wheelchair out is like another probably 10 or 15 minutes just to get it out, get it set up and, and get yourself into it. So um, you have to think of those things for somebody. But so we get on the crutches and she brings all the bags up. And she looks like a pack mule because she's got my bag, her <laughs> bag, and who knows what else. You what know? are you doing? I've got all the great ideas of all the stuff that I should be bringing. Got it. Got it. You're the idea guy. She's the laborer. That's right. Okay. That's right. You know. But and again, your situation is, is slightly different than maybe somebody else's because you have somebody to help you. Right. Where someone else may have to do all of this on their own. Right. So. so we get inside the building. We take the elevator up to the third floor. Up the stairs we go. Well, we were supposed to be at work at 8 o'clock. And I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm, I'm a little lazy in the morning. I don't like to get up and get going around. <laughs> so that's part of the problem. But most of the problem was the issue of the parking and getting there. So we'd show up about 20 after 8 every day. So we I get, can't believe how lazy you are. Exactly. Why don't you move a little faster, boy? Yeah, come on. Uh, anyway, that was, my, that was my day. And I'm not trying to make light of my day because there's always somebody out there that has an even tougher day. And you, ha- and you have to remember that. So just be conscious when you say, I'll just park here for a minute. That's, it's, that's only a second. In that second, somebody who really needs that spot may not be able to get it because you're just taking it up for just a sec. Sure. I was someplace yesterday where there, I pulled into a parking lot and had two arrows. It said visitor parking in this direction, visitor parking that direction, right? There were 15 spots. And of the 15 spots, uh, I'd say 13 of them were all labeled with handicap. So there were a total, <laughs> there were a total of 15 spots, two of which I could park in for visitor parking. And then the rest of them, you had to have a handicap plate. And in my perspective, that seems excessive, right? seems like, why do you need right. those spots? And by the way, not a single one of those spots was taken up, right? No, and I, and I can understand from your, from your perspective. Uh, that's pretty frustrating. You're like, seriously, do we know this many handicapped people that are going to use <laughs> these? <laughs> but the thing is, is at the same time, and in that moment, I'll, I'll be honest, in that moment, as much as I was like, man, you know, we could use a few more like regular visitor spots here. I'm also able to park my car wherever the heck I need to and walk across the parking lot, right? Honestly. And to be honest with you, probably the exercise. I probably could use (laughs) the walk across the parking lot for those of you who can't see my giant gut. Um, Thank you for pointing that out, by the way. Sure. You'll get me back in some episode somewhere. somewhere, I'm sure. But, but the, uh, 
but the but the concept there is is you know sometimes in people who have my luxury you know or my ability is is i just gotta shut up and deal with it because you know accessibility isn't to irritate those who don't need it it's to provide for those who do but on the on the flip side of the coin because there's nothing that drives me more crazy than the person that feels like they're entitled to everything because they have a disability ah that's so, a good point okay so there are certain things out there that yes they're there for you to to make life easier and yeah it sucks that you've got a disability but it's nobody can change that it's nobody else's fault you know don't don't throw a pity party for yourself either uh, is what i'm trying to get at <laughs> i guess so i guess i see that i guess i don't i don't understand explain <laughs> you you you're either going to love or hate this podcast after i make this statement but that's what this podcast is about i told you i would i'd lay it on the line lay it on the line and 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 tell you the truth about you know living beyond the label so there are people out there that take a glasses half empty approach to their disability and that's okay. That's where they're at in That's life. their prerogative. That's fine. But at some point, you've got to realize that the world doesn't owe you everything because you have a disability. Ah. You know, so the handicap space is taken. So, okay, come up with a plan B. I know it sucks that you have to or you shouldn't have to, but here are the cards you're dealt, much like in life. So you've got to kind of try to figure that out. And, 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 and so wait, wait, let me, let me see if I can get this straight. And I'm going to say this very clearly. What you are saying is that having a disability is no excuse or no reason to just be upset about everything that doesn't go your way. If it's related to that disability. Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. Wow. Okay, so I'm not going to touch this topic at all. <laughs> you can touch it all you want. Because I, so, so let me give you a perspective. from In my house, if my kids are sick or if I'm sick, that doesn't excuse us from doing the chores and responsibilities that we have. Like, I'm not talking like deathly ill, right? So I have a theory. It lines very closely with yours. Slightly different scenario. But, but the concept of, listen, just because life didn't hand you a piece of cake this morning when you got up doesn't mean that you get to like mope all day long about it and and get upset that you didn't get to eat your cake this morning. Right. I mean, make people known that, boy, I hope that person that's using a handicap spot really needs it because, boy, it sure didn't make my morning this morning. But don't carry on about it all day. Got it. Got it. So, so. So take the the punches that come from life, although it stinks. I'm trying to use appropriate language here. Although it stinks, um, move on to the next thing. Don't just harp and harp and harp. Right, yeah. right. And don't, I don't know, just, just don't blow it out of proportion. Like there's so many other things in life to get really charged up about. And I know it's a hassle and I know it's a pain. And I know it seems like it happens more than then it probably actually does. And when it happens, it really is, is tough, but man, nobody wants to hear it because they've got problems of their own. So That's what's the, so what's the perspective for me then? Right? So I, let's say for example, I'm with you and we go somewhere to park or we go somewhere to like, we go see a movie or go dinner or something like that. And there's no capable spots available. 
right? Nothing that fits within the confines of getting you to the restaurant at any given time whatsoever. I mean, at that point, I'm going to feel bad, right? So oftentimes, I think it's a bigger deal for the person with me mm. than it is for me myself, if that makes so any sense. So for the sense. parent or the friend or yeah. the cousin or whatever. Because they are, like, emotionally attached to it. And to me, it's just another day of life. Hey, listen, Mike, we got to take a break, but we'll be back in just a minute. Beyond the Label, presented by Century Martial Arts, for everything that is martial arts. It's no secret, every martial artist, no matter their age, dreams of becoming a legend. A legend. Having their name listed among the greats like Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, and Jackie Chan. You can hide it or deny it, but you know it's true. Being a legend takes raw talent, dedication, big breaks, and an ability to survive a roller coaster called fame. But it also takes one more thing to go with it. The best gear and equipment in the world. From the company that is martial arts. Century Martial Arts. They aren't just another martial arts supplier that's never set foot on a mat. They are martial artists and that means they know their products and use what they sell. From uniforms and training gear to weapons and equipment, Century has it all for every martial arts style. Although you may never be listed among the greats, you can still shop like one at CenturyMartialArts.com and unleash your legend within. Century Martial Arts, the world leader in martial arts since 1976. You're listening to Beyond the Label, a raw, real-life look at living with disabilities, presented by Century Martial Arts. Check them out at CenturyMartialArts.com. Now back to the show with Mike D. and J.D. Hey, I'm J.D. I'm Mike D. And welcome back to the podcast. Okay, so to recap here, what we've been talking about is accessibility options that are provided for people who need them, and that's great, and they're there for a reason. But then those same options being taken away by people who don't necessarily need those options, like a parking spot being used. I know not to park in a handicapped spot. I know unless... I'm picking you up or dropping you off or with you that I should be nowhere near that spot. Right. It's a normal human responsible thing for me to do. But there are plenty of times we see that abused. Someone parked in the spot without a placard that we actually watch park in the spot, gets out of the vehicle and walks into the store on their own two damn legs. Right. And so what's my reaction at that point? Smash their window. No, I, I roll down <laughs> the window and you know, what do you, what are you doing? I try to educate. Them. I hope you actually need that. Yeah. More than I might, yeah. you know, and then they'll look at you and go, uh, oh, oh, yeah, well, I wasn't really going to park here. <laughs> so let's take that to the next level. We started the conversation off, and this is a great example because it's a good correlation, right? We started the conversation off with the service animal piece because I'm very confused about it right now. My confusion is that is an accessibility option that over the past five or seven years has been given to people for emotional and physical stability. Right, and I think the thing is, uh, physical disabilities may have an easier time gaining acceptance for those type things, mm -hmm. whereas the folks with things like autism and ADHD and 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 disabilities like that are going to be ridiculed more. And and in my opinion, that's that's, that's a really not good point. Fair. That's a really good point. Well, uh, they may be ridiculed because people don't believe them. But they may also be ridiculed because people don't understand. Right. Right. The don't believe them is, well, you don't need a service animal. What do you need that for? Right. Right. But the d don't understand is why would somebody who has anxiety need a service dog, right? Or something or any type, any type of accessibility option. Right. Right. And that to me is 
disappointing that that's the thought process. So, so here's a perfect example. You see, let me paint a visual picture sitting in the hotel lobby where there's a, you know, when you sign into the hotel, it's like no dogs, no cats, right? Service animals only. And you see this 50 something, 60 something year old woman with her lap dog, her little, her little poodle or her schnitzel or whatever dog, you know, she has that doesn't look like a service dog because service dogs are, are, uh, you know, so, so, golden retrievers. Or so something like so that, service right? dogs have labels too, then apparently okay. <laughs> in my mind, they as, as long as we have that clear. And then, but the service dog has a vest on the dog has a vest on it. Like the first thought is, was she just did that. And, and I'll admit this. And it, that's the first thought sometimes because of the, uh, the situational awareness that we think we have. The first thought is, well, she did that. She bought that service dog vest so that she could bring her dog without having to, where she wants, when she wants, without having to have a reason, right? Right. And and that that can be dangerous, right? Because we don't know what's going on. And it's the same situation that we don't understand what the person in front of us in the grocery line is going through that day. We don't understand what the person that's driving in front of us going two miles an hour is going through. We don't understand everybody's situation all the time. So judging someone based on the situational awareness they're driving slow. They're not moving fast enough. You know, whatever, right? Um, that applies in these spaces as well. Because little do we know whether or not that service dog is there for a reason with that person. So I've tried to take the approach that unless I know what's going on, that I have no right to judge. And I think that's the best approach to take, but is it a realistic approach? Well, and see, that's what's, that's what's starting to happen now. And this is where I think and this is kind of where the topic kind of rears its ugly head is what's happened is there have been people abusing this system, right? Like the buddy I told you about earlier that says, Oh, I'll just buy the vest online so that I can bring my dog. I know he does not have a service dog. I know that dog is not a service dog. And I confronted him about it. I'm like, dude, that's not cool because here's what happens. What was his, uh, what was his reaction to you? And his reaction. initial reaction was they will never know. How would they ever know? Right? Like, how would they ever know it's not a service dog? So what did he do when you, because I know you well enough to know. So what did he do when you really went, you know? I'm, I uh, said to him, I said, listen, he said, it's your choice. I said, I'm not your master. I said, but just be aware that you are abusing a system designed for someone who needs it. I said, and it's a lot of it is designed for the people that you honor on a regular basis because he's a very big fan of what people do in the military. And what we're finding is a lot of uh, returning vets are getting service animals. And I'm saying, you're abusing the system for them. I tied it home. I locked it into his, into his and he, he's like, all right, you know what? He said, if it upsets you that much, I won't do it. I said, it's not about it upsetting me. I said, I don't like, you could ignore what I have to say. It's about, that's not the right thing to do you're actually going to uh, be part of the problem, not part of the solution. So he backed down. He said, all right, fine. I'll pay the extra 25 bucks a night. But hopefully that, there was some awareness there. Right. And what, and I think what needs to happen is as a society, we got to start calling people out and just say, um, okay, what, what are you doing here? And this is, this is, I mean, this goes way beyond the subjects we're talking about here now. You know what I mean? This goes to bullying. It goes to, all sorts of things. I mean, it, it, but how do we do this in our space, right? Our subject, our topic is beyond the label. How do we get beyond this label? How do we make things better for the people in our lives that have to live in these situations? And how do we improve um, education, 
right? That's literally awareness is what this podcast is all about. So, so my takeaway from a disabled standpoint is this, and I guess this is what I was trying to get at before. If you don't need the spot, don't take it. If you don't need the services, don't use them. There's no such thing as just a minute, uh, or nobody's going to see, nobody's going to know, because the person that needs it at the time you're using it and you don't need it is going to know. If you're somebody with a disability, just understand that, you know, we understand your situation. We know it's difficult. Um, We know it's frustrating. But at the same time, just handle some situations with some class and don't play the disability card and throw a big tantrum. And I guess from my perspective, um, I need to be as aware as possible, right? I need to be not judgmental at the same time. And I need to make others aware when I have the opportunity is really what it comes down to. Right. And whether that awareness is, Hey, you know what? Look, um, you probably shouldn't be using that stall, that spot, whatever. I don't need to be confrontational about it, but definitely make people aware that there are people waiting. Um, there are people that need those things. There's a reason that laws have been put in place. There's a reason that signs have been put up. There's a reason that these different options have been made available to people. And if you need that option and you don't have it today, there's a process to go through that is quite simple that will allow you to get that option. And whether that's a doctor's visit or a visit to your town hall or whatever that happens to be. So, Go through the process if that's an option you need. Or if it's not an option you truly need, then don't abuse it. It's not for you. And that's okay. And I think that that's the message that needs to be conveyed when we run into those situations. Well, today's topic kind of morphed itself into uh, accessibility issues, but that's okay. Uh, That's an important topic, too. But at some point, we should circle back around and talk about service animals. I think that'd be a great idea. So maybe one of our up-and-coming shows, we can can align with someone who's an expert on service dogs or service cats or service peacocks and chickens and turkeys. turkeys That'd be great. Well, that's for another show. (laughs) I'm Mike D. I'm JD. And until next time, thanks for listening to Beyond the Label. If you would like to be a guest on an upcoming episode, email contact at adaptivemartialarts.org. Beyond the Label is produced by JD Production and presented by Century Martial Arts, the world leader in martial arts since 1976. CenturyMartialArts.com for everything that is martial arts.